Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Level Up podcast, where you learn how to go from agent to entrepreneur. We have a fantastic guest for us today. We've got Greg Harrelson back with us. So all things, we are firing on all cylinders today. We're going to have a fun conversation talking about how to keep growing in a no-inventory market. We've got Bob Sekoler, the number one agent and team in Louisville, Kentucky, which I just had the pleasure of being in your fair city uh, here a couple of weeks ago, Bob. We'll talk about that in a second. It was pretty okay. awesome. Good. Uh, We've got uh, we've got Greg here, so I want to bring both of you in. So first of all, Greg Harrelson, welcome back. Hey, glad to be here. Sorry I missed last week, uh, but excited to, to talk with Bob and and uh, and see how we can get to 400 and 500 transactions like he's doing it. That's right. <laughs> so Bob, officially welcome. Thank you. Good to be here, and I'm thrilled to be a part of this great organization. Yeah. So we're going to have some fun. Uh, we've got a few things to get into. Before we do, uh, for those that might not know, and you, you've been around and, and a lot of people might know who you are, especially if they have any background in star power or you know, you've done some stuff with viral, kind of sharing what you've done and video marketing to your database and all kinds of stuff. So you're so you're out there. For those that might not know what your team looks like, though, what does the team that's behind you look like and what are their kind of just give us the overview of what their roles are? So. We've got a team of 20 agents and then five admin. And the agents uh, are able to do seller side, but I prefer that they do buyer side and concentrate as a buyer side agent. But I think uh, there's a lot of glamour that surrounds the selling side for some agents, and so to restrict them would be wrong. And so we're very transparent, and I know, especially if they bring that potential seller, it's great. I'll go with them if they want to on the listing presentation and they gain experience and knowledge as I'm doing it and then they can always do it on their own. Uh, so those those 20 agents, we've got a multiple number of leads coming in from a variety of sources and we don't have to plug them if you don't want because certainly they're, I'm paying out of my pocket like many of us are around the country to do that, <laughs> right? right? So, um, but... Uh, my admin, I've got uh, an office manager who oversees everything but also handles a lot of the agent um, transactions. And then I've got a personal assistant who oversees a number of other things uh, as well as some of our video posts and our Matterport tours but also handles my production on the seller side. I took mm -hmm. myself out of buyer side production probably completely about four or five years ago. I, I just awesome. felt that for me, time wasn't there and the effort was spent more on making calls on a regular basis every morning uh, and then following up and going on listing appointments in the afternoon. Okay. Yep. Very, very cool. And so the, how much, oh, how much the are other you two still or three people? So, uh -huh. wait, hang on this side, because you asked me, I don't want to, I want to be specific. The other three people, admin are, um, I've got an ISA who also does admin work, but also two other people outside the immediate office has external ISAs or admin people uh, who are doing the work. So that is kind of shared, but it works very well. Sorry. I so the, so the splitting between ISA and admin duties? Right. She's t she is primarily ISA, but on occasion there are things that she needs to do to help improve the contact ability for our agents so she's got the ability to launch into a specific area. It, it's all about not keeping the walls up so tight that allows them to move 
left or right for a little bit, and that trains them. For example, my personal assistant was our ISA up until about uh, three months ago, and then we, the my assistant who was there moved into the field as an agent. The ISA moved into the assistant for me, and then we brought in a new ISA. So there is a burnout factor, as I think a lot of people, agents, team owners, leaders will know that happens in that ISA role. So if you give them the option, sticking with it a year, learning the best scripts, and then either moving out into the field, whoops, and that will happen a bit. I'll just turn the phone ringer off. Um, and then give them the option of moving into the field, or in this case, becoming an assistant for me, it works really well because they know the process and you're not bringing somebody cold into the system uh, yeah. who's handling transactions. Yeah, and you've got a measure of kind of cross-training among people. So there's, there's exactly. some security and some, yeah, some backup there. Love yep. it. Yep. Very cool. Okay. So before we dive into kind of your background, Bob, any any questions, Greg, on just the team structure and kind of how, how things are running right now? You know, no, I, I think what I'd like to go back to, you know, because right now, Bob, you're probably in the 400 to 450 transaction range, you think? Is that about right? right? Yeah, I think it, every year is different. And certainly yeah. we had a great year. We are where we are, or rather were last year. Uh, so how the next couple of months go, we will equal or surpass, we believe. And last year we did 419 in terms of sides. Uh, so Good. we're hoping yeah. to do equal or above. Yeah, so one thing I'd like to touch on, Matt, is like I, I think there's a lot of teams that are very team member heavy and their per person production between team member uh, uh, ratio of team member to transactions might be a little bit low, okay? Obviously, his is, is pretty healthy, really healthy. So I, I'd like to kind of maybe go backwards a little bit and say, you know, when you're at 100 deals, because I think there's a lot of teams that have so many team members and they're only doing 100 deals. Like, what are some of the things that you that has to take place and some of the things you had to develop to go from 100 to 200, 300, 400, where you are? So I think that could be very valuable for the audience. So that's a really good question because I know there are a lot of teams that are struggling. Yes. And I, I have a, I have a, first of all, I have a, I'm lucky in as much that my son, Greg, who's 31 or about to be 31, has come a long way. He uh, was with uh, one of the big box stores as a manager and was up in New York and came back to Louisville and is handling um, our marketing and media and then also management of the team. So we've got inherently in, in Greg the structure. But for a team who's growing or wants to grow, I think that leader needs to be able to bring somebody who is either uh, a buyer or seller agent or admin that they trust who wants to excel and then bring them into the fold, so to speak, and have them help with offloading from my plate or team leader plate to somebody like uh, an admin who would be able to help them grow. So that's the first thing is to have, I think, a reliable group of people that you can offload additional work to. Secondly is working with lenders, and we all know we have to be RESPA compliant, so make sure you know the guidelines, um, with lenders that who now have become to trust you because you are consistently giving them leads or um, potential buyers who are going to purchase homes, who you can then rely on to help offset a RESPA compliant uh, amount of cost for whatever lead systems that you're bringing in. I will tell you all too often 
you get a, a team lead who asks for the participation of their lender who they've been working with, and once the lender signs on in whatever period of time, the lender doesn't see any leads or there's no way for that team lead to verify how many leads are going to that lender. So we have five lenders that we work with who participate on uh, three different main lead sources. We track every lead that goes to our agents. We track who is closing that lead, what lead system it's being closed from, and there's a round robin on each of these lead systems so that we want to make sure that the lenders get the up at uh, at least talking to the buyer so that they can feel that they're getting something back. So I think that's probably one of the most important things is accountability from agents for where those leads are going. Because if you're, if the, the buyers are sending these, let me back up, if the agents are sending these buyers to other bank or lender sources and not using yours, it's defeating the purpose of that lender co-oping your, your dollars for your leads on a pay-per-click system or however else you want to buy, whatever systems are out there. But once you've got that integrity built in, now you can expand and grow your system so that you are now bringing more lenders as you build, which brings more leads in, and thereby growing your team. So that was where we started. At the very beginning, it was accountability to our lenders to make sure they're happy. And a couple of the lenders um, I have lunch with um, every month just to touch base and see how, make sure they're happy. Or we bring the lenders into our team meetings so that they can meet with our team. And if the team has a problem with a particular lender, we work that out. And the lender at that point gets a chance to pitch anything new that they've developed to help clients. So, I mean, I think it's, you, you, you start there and then you grow and you scale. This is all scalable based on the number of leads and closings that you're able to accomplish. Make sense? Yeah. Yep. Love it. Yeah. Yep. So, so it, but let's just picture for a moment at 200 transactions. Okay. What did your team look like back then? As a number of people back then. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So I would have to tell you, 200 transactions. We're probably looking at a max of 10 agents, and there. So, um, without um, sounding like a commercial, I coach uh, four rural workmen, and we we train on this on a regular basis. The national average is 25 um, leads per agent per month. Many agents will tell you these are terrible leads. I mean, no matter where they're coming from, their attitude right. always is. And I, we, we just had this conversation this past week. There really is no such thing as a bad lead. It's only a bad approach to a good lead. So, but I, having been in the trenches, and like many of us who are, are maybe watching right now, know that there really are a couple of leads that are just looky loser, not really in there. So you discount that. But what we're trying to do is bring in a large number of leads. And unfortunately for me, we've grown with so many leads that our agents are basically fat and happy. I don't mean that being um, literally. I just mean that there there's a lot of leads out there, low-hanging fruit that they'll grab and not go after the higher-hanging fruit. So that's why we're planning, as we keep growing the number of leads that are coming in from a variety of sources as we're tweaking this lead system or that lead system, 
we're adding agents to help respond to these leads and then trying new systems. We just tried, I won't use the name, um, a company that was handling one of our lead systems, leads as they were coming in. It was rather costly. We did it as an experiment over the summer, uh, about 4K, four grand per month for about four months. The return was negligible. We dropped them. So you got to be ready to try something new, but also drop them if you're seeing little or no results. Yeah, let me let me pinpoint out, Matt, and then you can ask some questions here. But let me pinpoint out something that I think is very important and something that I think I've had a belief in forever. Notice the, to the audience, notice how Bob just said he led with leads. He led, he started building his team. But if you notice, he started talking about when I asked him at the beginning, going, you know, in the beginning and progression to get to where he was, he started talking about making sure that the mortgage people were happy. You know, why? Because they were helping with leads. And then I says, well, when you're at 200, you know, where were you and where did, how, what, what, what did you do? He goes, well, we, we had so many leads. So he led with leads and then he brought in the people. A lot of times people, so what I call that is going deep with the few people and then bringing on more people versus going wide with a lot of people and trying to figure out how to satisfy them. And a lot of people try to build wide too fast. They try to, they'd like to get to 20 or 30 team members because they want that big team. And then they'll figure out how to backfill transactions. What I'm hearing you did is you went and got the leads and you figured out how do I get actually, I needed more agents to handle my leads. I don't need more leads to feed my agents. That's a big, big distinction there. Well, I, I, I'm glad you get that. It's a, if a new agent or a seasoned agent, if you're going to try to attract them to your team, put yourself in their shoes and whether their basic premise of making calls, doing the, the boredom stuff to get the leads is there or not, one thing that they're going to be looking for is how many leads and how much money can I make? It, it doesn't really matter what the split is. It's more about how much money can I make? Well, if you're on a team where you're not supplying them leads, you got a problem. And I, I can tell you, without naming a name, in the Louisville market there was, a, and still is, a brokerage that had probably a 1,000 agents. Many of them did not produce, but the brokerage thought, and to some level they were correct, that they could uh, expect that particular agent, one of the one of the 1,000, that they've got a family or a friend that they're going to bring in somebody who will end up making the brokerage money. So um, they weren't worried about the agents actually living off of the income. They were more worried about how are they going to make their numbers for each year. Mm -hmm. And so I, I saw that when I first got into the business in 2004 and said that's the wrong structure. So for all team leaders or people who want to grow their teams or start a team, the first thing you need to think about as a team leader is how are the people that are coming to you going to feed themselves and their families? And the only thing that you can do consistently is being able to offer them the leads that they can work and the harder they work them. And then the better they establish a rapport with that lead. And there's a lot of things we could talk about on establishing reports, but that's the start and the genesis for growing the business. Got it. Love it. Well, yeah, and there's there's a ton of stuff that we could dive into. I think one of the one of the 
things I want you to get into, Bob, is your own personal transition in, into kind of the uh, applying entrepreneurship to real estate. And I want to talk about a little bit about your background and how you came into real estate having a name, awareness. People knew who you were, but they didn't know you as an agent. And then I want to get into a little bit about how you took the skills from your kind of previous life and now are teaching agents to do some of the same things that, that worked for you. So take me back before the team existed. So before my career in another life, as I would say, I was a television anchor and reporter, worked all over the country um, in both medium and large markets. I was in Atlanta. I was uh, in Baltimore, Orlando, uh, Salt Lake City. Anyway, so a variety of that. So that was my background. Um, I was in Atlanta as an anchor and a reporter when we had a new news director who uh, sent us out on a myself and my crew to a C-130 plane crash. Uh, and then after we covered it, wanted us to go to the pilot's house and get a picture from the widow of two hours. We refused. And what ended up happening, we got it from the driver's license bureau, but that was sent me on a course of getting out of hard news. My first tape I sent out was to here in Louisville and ended up co-anchoring an entertainment-type show for another five years. Also did radio. So I had all that background when I finally decided it was time to do something where I would benefit rather than some company corporation benefit. Went to real estate school and then got into real estate. And though I had the name recognition here in Louisville, think about this for a second. You're basically a face on a TV, and though people may like you, they will not necessarily trust you with their most expensive possession. So there was four years, I can track this, a four-year period where I worked with more, many more leads. I bet you the ratio was 90% were people moving into the city as opposed to people moving from one part of the city to another who I was working with as a buyer's agent, which really should tell you I had to create and establish a track record that overcame the TV that I did because of the lack of confidence in what people look at. You know, it's one thing being on TV, but uh, let's say you know Lester Holt leaves NBC and he becomes a real estate guy, you're still going to have a little distrust. Even though you love Lester on the air, you're not going to trust him to know the what needs to be done or the knowledge. So it's a matter of proving myself is where I went. So now... I've got that background, and now we're transferring that background in how to use that technology and skills set to teach our agents and other agents, because I talk about this. I've talked at uh, one of the groups that uh, we've mentioned in the past, Star Power, uh, which has now evolved since uh, the passing away of Howard Britton, who everybody or anyone who knew him loved this guy. Um, we've now moved into another realm with uh, Rev. Patrick Lilly, who's been doing an incredible job. And I've spoke at his uh, conference a number of times about how to do videos. And we could take this on, but I'm telling you, this is a full half hour to an hour of conversation. Because all of yeah. us are carrying, and you stop me where I, I need to stop, all of us are carrying um, smartphones. Yeah. Um, and so with that, something as simple as a smartphone... You can start doing videos using a variety of things, but most agents who don't do the videos don't do them because they're scared or they don't like the way they look or they sound. Of course. I, help, I tell those agents, 
listen, get over that because we have to see you the way you are. You just need to understand, and we accept you. And then you can graduate. So this is, to give you an example, this is, I use a lot of GoPro equipment, but this is one that I've been playing around with for a while. So this is um, just basically a uh, Canon, which has a flip-up. You see this monitor? It's mm-hmm. a flip-up monitor, which allows me to record with a tripod, a hand tripod, yeah. looking back to see, make sure I'm framed properly. And then the next step is you add a microphone. And then the microphone, in this case, is plugs into the camera, which is a very important part, having a microphone. But because this actually is a double-headed microphone, one would go on you as the person doing the interviewing, and the other goes on the interviewee, quality of sound going into their GoPro, or this is a Canon, I think it's a E6, M6, I'm not sure which one this is. I actually just updated it recently. But the quality is just phenomenal. And then you push it out, syndicate it out. If anybody wants to see some of the stuff I've done, LouisvilleHomesTV.com is an, a URL that will redirect you to our YouTube page. So it's LouisvilleHomesTV, all one word, dot com. That will take you to our YouTube page, which will give you a shot at some of the stuff we've done. We have other areas. We push out in other locations. Uh, we're, we're doing LinkedIn. We're doing, of course, Facebook. And we're um, pushing out on Instagram. My son, Greg, who's this millennial, uh, just came back from a conference in Vegas for uh, one of our lead systems. And he's been pushing Instagram. Greg has for months and months and months. But he he came back saying, listen, you, you really we all need to be in Instagram and on Instagram uh, because that's like the next Facebook, or it already is the next Facebook for millennials. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly, especially for millennials. But for, for you, going, going back to when you had the name, because I hear everybody says, if anybody, if you ask what, you know, mar- the average person, what marketing is, what means it's getting your name out there. Yeah. Well, you had the name. You've, you're, you're a poster child for the fact that that's not enough. That's actually not what marketing is, because you had all the name recognition and awareness. So what was your... When, what was your mentality when you realized, okay, this is actually not an asset? If anything, it's a, you know, it's turning into a liability, or I'm, I'm at zero, just like everyone else is. Mm-hmm. What was your mentality, and how, and how to shift gears and approach it differently? Dig my heels in and start proving myself with stats, showing the number of sales I was putting up on the board, but also learning the craft um, from the ground up. So by that I mean okay. um, attending. Uh, masterminds, webinars, um, star power, the the wealth of knowledge from the other agents in our country and learning. um, I'll give you an example. Um, I had a a home inspector who I went out with and followed him around, and he would give me some tips on what to look for, uh, what to watch out, what's important, what's not, as a beginning agent, which help me to become a better agent so that when I'm with a, a buyer client in that era, back around 2004, 2005, and we're looking at homes, my first line is, listen, I'm not a home inspector, but this is what I know based on my knowledge. And then I would repeat stuff that this guy has told me, and now I become more credible. And as my credibility started to rise and I confidence in what I was doing, I started seeing more people Locally, and I can't tell you there's a cause effect other than the videos 
that I was putting out as just as an agent, I did a whole series on being prepared for weather, bad weather that we're seeing across the country. I did another series on buying your first home, what to look for. Uh, and this is like a, that was a 19 part series that we started pushing out through a drip lead system and then uh, uh, through email. So it, it was, it, it all, it, it really speaks to first overcoming the negative of having been on TV. Yeah, there was some name recognition, but it didn't account for bringing local buyers to me. Not net. Now it's doing that because my name, reputation, and they people go, oh, yeah, I remember you. Yeah, um, but I had a lot of hair then. to match it. Yeah. I, had, I always kid <laughs> self deprecating uh, humor. Is yeah, always yeah. good. So I had always a lot good. of hair and a lot thinner. So yeah. if you look on YouTube and you'll see, you do a search who was Bob Sikoler, that'll bring up some old videos. Yeah. Well, and this brings up a, a good point, Greg, that I would love for you to to just see. Just balance. Let me bounce this off you and see what you think, because. Uh, essentially what Bob did both with his marketing and kind of with the team in general is, and you see this show up in guys that are really successful that end up building teams that consistently grow in any market. To me, it's like, and Bob, you mentioned C-130. You know, that is a huge plane to get off the ground. Yeah. And it takes a while to burn off enough fuel so that the plane starts to get a little bit more agile, a little bit more nimble, and uh, and you, know, you, can, you have more control. You can do more with it. And I think there's a lot of guys that they just – they have the mentality that look, I'm not, I'm not building a glider here. We're building a C-130, and eventually there's going to be a whole ton of people on it. But I got to build the C-130 first. Uh -huh. And to me, it seems like you, you, and, and Greg, you're very much this way. You don't ever approach anything small. You approach it with the intention that it's going to be big. And because you build a good foundation first, yeah, it may take a, a little bit longer to get something off the ground. But once it's in the air, it's not going anywhere. Uh, does that analogy kind of ring true? Yeah, yeah, and I think one of the, the things that uh, those that uh, would like to kind of understand how to do that, I think what you have to do is you have to build it from big backwards instead of from small to big. You build yeah. it from big to small. You know, you go ahead and start, like if, let's say, you know, the end of the year is coming up, right? 2019 is going to be here, and people are all, hopefully, everyone has either completed their business plan or in the process of completing their business plan. Um, but hopefully a lot of you will, will, will look at 2019 and, and you won't look at what you did this year and say, okay, because I did this, then I'll add this. And then that dictates the plan for 2019. What you want to do is say, what do I want in 2019? And then you back up from that number on how to get it. And the person who's going to build it from out there and back up to the plan versus from the plan to out there is going to build something much bigger. And I believe it'll probably be more sustainable. Yeah, agreed. Well, cool. Well, Bob, take us uh, just on the, the skill set that you've developed, the, the radio and TV and video background that you have. There's a lot of things that you could do, and I don't want to get in the weeds on the tactical stuff so much. But I'm curious, just how do you try to translate and help your agents build some of the same skills that you have that to you probably come very easy because you've been doing it for a long time. And it's hard sometimes to teach people skills that for us come easy, but for them, it's all very new. Um, how do you do that with your agents? So we, we drill on this. I and mean, it's much like practicing scripts and dialogues. It's a question of how do we become more natural when we're doing video? If, if you want to go there, we can talk about this. Will that, that help you, you think, and other agents? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so just to give you an idea, some of the tips that you, as a, an agent who wants to start doing video, 
can help. And this is what we train with our agents. So you have a, an iPhone or a, a Droid, whatever it might be, and there's some very simple techniques. When you punch up the camera, you want to identify where that lens is. So that the lens, the camera lens on this is here. Hold the camera or the phone above your head, always above your eye level, because if you look at, into it at eye level or below, you are going to look older. And if you've got any bit of a double chin like I do, you will accentuate the double chin. So you guys don't have to worry about this, but a lot of us do. And then ladies, by holding just, the it depends on the facial hair. Oh, yeah, right. You let the facial hair, hair get too long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm it's looking sick. at myself in the, in the thing right now, and I'm trying to like, okay. Yeah, I'm, see, okay. I need to bend but, down and stand up. So always hold the camera above eye level so you're looking up to it. it for ladies, it will thin the lines on your face, and it will make you look younger and thinner. Guys, same effect. Hold the camera so the light source is in front of you, not to the side or to the back of you. So just so you know, for me, I have, while we're doing this podcast, I designed this little, and you can get this on Amazon, a little light ring. And this is cheap. And what it does, I put some Velcro on it, and it sticks to, you can see what happens without light. It's a little darker. And with this little key light here, it's illuminating me. So the same principle for your phone. You want to make sure your light source, it's a window that always looking, and I know you hate this, but looking into the sun or the sun above you, so there are fewer shadows on your face. Then, if you have the ability, an external microphone, even into your um, your uh, phone, if you're using a, a GoPro or another camera, that's great as well, as long as they have external microphone inputs, and that's a whole other topic. And then record, and looking in, you have to train yourself to look in. Now, here's another great tip that I can give you that I think is really important, and that is, when you are done, play it back before you send it out, the video. And you may be sending it out using BombBomb. I don't know if you ever use that. It's a great system. But play it back and have your friends, fellow team members, look at the video, but turn the volume down. If the volume is down and while you're looking at the video, you look like you're mad. Or you, better yet, if you don't look happy or jovial or engaged that you're there, or if you look scared, uh, redo it because you don't want to send something out that was going to think, make a buyer think that you're either not happy or you're an angry person. They're not going to want to work with you no matter what they do. And if you make a mistake, that's natural. We all make mistakes. So feel free to redo it. But no, you could send it out and just have fun with it. And it's your natural personality. It's something that's you. And you want to come across um, that you are genuine. I had, uh, we did a story, oh, four or five years ago on one of my agents doing these videos, and she explains that she was sending them out to one particular client at the same time another agent from another brokerage was sending out those, a video. The other agent was wearing a suit and tie. She was dressed in, like, workout clothes because the lead had just come in. It was probably one of those leads that was sent out to three agents at one time. You know who I'm talking about what the system is. And so she sends this out, and she gets a call back, and the, the buyer ends up working with her and specifically mentions to her, you know, I got another video from another guy, but he was wearing a suit and tie, looked stuffy, 
and I certainly didn't want to think about working with that guy. It looked like you were very natural, and that's who I wanted to work with. So that was kind of a proof of performance. I loved hearing that because it really did set the tone for our other agents, knowing you don't have to be dressed up or polished to uh, to make that video. It's all about just sending it out and being nice and looking looking like you're a friendly, happy person, which we all are for the most part, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. We just we let we let the fear of video inhibit that a little bit yep. too much. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. So I'm like looking at your I'm looking at it, your head, your um your microphone, and I have a for when we do I do a radio show as well locally mm-hmm. on real estate. Um, and if I do interviews or I do cut tracks for our videos, uh, I'm using this uh, microphone, which is a lot better than this headset microphone, which I think is tinny. But I love. The sound is great in your studio. Oh, thank you. That's yeah. This is great, and this is this is super easy. This is one that plugs right into a laptop. It's uh, an Audio Technica ATR twenty one hundred. I think it's all of seventy dollars uh, on Amazon. So for anyone who wants to do videos and and just kind of sit in front of the laptop like I am, um, yeah, it, it it's hard to beat this because this is not a studio. Let's just be clear. This is a bedroom in a house. Uh, but I get studio quality because the microphone is so good at not picking up everything that's going on or the, uh-huh. the boominess of the room. So, and yeah. wait, Matt, uh, talk about the boominess of the room behind you on the sides. Are those red and black sound tiles that you have up yeah. there? Yep, so super, super can, simple. So this whole wall over here, and let me just I'll pan over here just so you can see, more sound tiles, and mm-hmm. those are all set to deaden the sound to give me a little bit more broadcast quality audio here. So good yeah. for you. I'm very proud of you. Yeah. This is, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, we try to help all of our, uh, I try to get everyone on a, on a setup like this. Cause it's, it's incredibly like technology does not have to be simple, but if you go to someone that's just li- like yourself, that's you've just experimented with enough different things, you probably sure. found yeah. some simple, inexpensive, easy to use tools. Uh, if you ask the right person, they'll tell you exactly what they are, and they're not. I mean, technology is so good nowadays that you can get things for relatively inexpensive and get up and running quickly. It's never that that really holds people back. It's the stuff between the ears, uh, which is yeah. I mean, that's that's why the podcast exists because that's, that's it's never the tools and it's never it's never the scripts, it's never the dialogue, it's yeah. never the path to get there. It's just all the stuff between our ears. So, uh, Greg, is there anything back. else that You're you right. want to uh, to draw out of uh, out of Bob's story for the audience? You know, I think that's just uh, the video and the, the um, you know, the branding that comes along with all that. I think that's that's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's To me, it's, Bob, what you've done is you've set kind of the selling environment. So it's not it's not enough just to have a name. It's not enough to be known. You have to be known in the right way. Right. And you have to be known in a credible, authoritative way. And to me, that's that's what it may, it may have taken a while to, like, flip that switch where the name recognition went along with the credibility. Um, but once it did, it's like that C-130. It just it keeps going, and now it now it yields benefits where you don't have to try quite as hard as you did in the early days to build trust with someone. You know, it starts to pay off and it starts to get easier. Um, and I think that's one of the key things about switching from uh, like a freelancer or salesperson's mindset to an entrepreneur is that sense that uh, being an entrepreneur often means putting in a lot of work on something up front, but then it switches, and all of a sudden it gets really really easy, but only if you put all the work in on the front side. Yep, I'm with you 100%. And just all we need to do is get out of our own way and start doing what we think is going to bring us the business, and it will come. I really think that we're in a great market, not as good as it was in the past years, but we're still going to see sales, so we need to be positive about that. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, Bob, you mentioned the uh, the URL that goes to your YouTube channel. What is your main website so that people can send you referrals and, and keep you in mind? Yep, you can uh, easily. Uh, we sell Louisville.com is the main site. Perfect. We sell Louisville. And then yep. we, we sell Louisville. Okay. And then, Greg, what's the best way to connect with you? Best way is Facebook Messenger. Just go ahead and hit the little message button, shoot me a question, I'll shoot you an answer. We'll both be happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, and then for the podcast itself, make sure to go to the leveluppodcast.com. You can look us up on Apple uh, Podcasts if you're using the iPhone app, if you're using iTunes on your desktop, or Stitcher if you have an Android device, either way. Uh, and when you do, make sure to leave us a rating and review for the show. And if there was a certain guest episode that you really liked and got a lot of value out of, make sure to give the guest a shout-out. So give Bob a shout-out in your review if you enjoyed today's episode. Thank him for his time and his contribution because we really appreciate it. Uh, and Bob, thank you so much. This was awesome. It was super fun talking about video and your your team structure and all that good stuff we appreciate your time likewise matt thank you yeah. thank you greg thanks for having yeah. me on thank you all right everybody we'll see you guys on the next episode